Welcome to Modern Musings, conversations with the maiden, mother, and crone. Looking at ourselves and the world through the lens of the 21st century. Hi, and welcome back. I'm your hostess, Amber Garvin, and I'm here with my two co-hosts, Cindy Murray and Kristen Hessler. Hello. Hello. And uh, this week, We are talking a bit about a book that I'm currently reading. I got it the year before last for Christmas from Kristen. We're so bad about reading books. So many stacks of books. I know, I know. Like, uh, yeah, I got this book over a year ago and I'm just now reading it. I'm working on Um, one that's over a year I almost forgot that I gave it to you. I was like, I feel like I bought that book for someone for Christmas. Well, like, uh, (laughs) when we were talking uh, about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, a few podcasts ago when we were talking about the Literary Witches book, um, I got that the same Christmas as well. And so I was sitting here thinking. Okay, I'm talking about the 2021 Christmas again. Why? Oh, yeah. I was literally just talking about it a few weeks ago. So I'm just now getting to those books that I got that Christmas. (laughs) And this last Christmas, I got a whole new set of books that, you know, next year we'll be talking about it. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Uh, One of my goals for this year has been to read more so that's this is what I'm working on all right so yeah so the book is called girl wash your face by Sarah Hollis she is a lifestyle blogger and I don't really know didn't really know much about the author whenever you know I asked for this book for Christmas I just heard that it was a really good book I don't know really much about Rachel Hollis or her husband and uh, Rachel or Sarah. You've called her both. When did I call her Sarah? The first time. First time. <laughs> it's Rachel. When did I call her Sarah? I don't remember. You literally when you didn't. said we're the, talking about "Girl Wash Your Face" by, by Sarah, Sarah Hollis. Hollis. <laughs> uh. And I looked at each other. And was like time out. <laughs> okay. Start that over. Just call her Jenna Hollis next time. (laughs) No, okay. So funny story. Um, My boss is his last name is Watson, and for the first nine weeks of school, I called him Watkins. (laughs) That's like when we met. I called you Christine forever. Forever. (laughs) She gets that. Yeah, I do. I have. Like, I even introduced you to my mom as Christine. You know what? My <laughs> husband gave me a card one year for, like, <laughs> after we were married. <laughs> and it said Christine. And what? I was like, really? <laughs> <laughs> really? You don't even know how to spell your own wife's name? <laughs> and he was just like, oh, I don't know. I, I guess it's just, like, automatic. And I was like, yeah, no, autocorrect on your handwriting. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my gosh. All right. The book that I'm talking about is called Girl, Wash Your Face by Rachel Hollis. I may or may not have called her a different name (laughs) earlier, but um, when I was talking about it, but it's Rachel Hollis. And 
like I said, I don't know anything about her. I just started reading this book because I have been on an autobiography kick. And this book is part self-help, part autobiography. And uh, the subtitle of the book, Girl, Wash Your Face, is called Stop Believing the Lies About Who You Are So You Can Become Who You Were Meant to Be. Oh. And... The reason I picked up this book is because I feel like, especially as female, we are told a lot of lies about ourselves. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't even have to be female. Just people in general. We're told a lot of lies about ourselves. Like we should believe a certain way about ourselves. Mm -hmm. And one thing I do like about this book is that she takes... About 20 different lies, and we won't talk about all of them today, but probably the most relevant ones. She takes about 20 different lies, and she breaks them down and gives tips like uh, how she got over that part in her life. Mm. And um, she starts her book out with a disclaimer. Well, not really a disclaimer, but like a letter to the reader And she ends it with, here is my takeaway. And you can choose to read this book or put it back down. But I want you to know my takeaway first, since this is the first thing that you are reading. And she says that you and only you are responsible for who you become and how happy you are. Absolutely. And that really, like, you know, hit me because... So many years, I was so worried about making other people happy mm-hmm. that I just shoved my happiness down, kept pushing it down like it would float to the surface, and I'd push it back down. No, I can't think about me. I have to think about these other people. No, I can't think about me. I have to think about these other people. And it was just kind of like a yo-yo for years and years and years. And now I feel like in my life that I am finally free to be happy. That I don't have to worry about anybody else. That I don't have to worry about, well, this person's not happy, so I must please them. Mm -hmm. I am trying to be happy on my own terms for the first time in my life and yeah I just turned last November turned 39 and that's um also one of the lies that she talks about in this book the lie lie number 10 that she talks about is uh, people tell themselves at any point in their life I should be further along by now Mm-hmm. And that's a big whopper with relevant to my age because I'm getting married this year and I had a mini freak out when I set the wedding date. I was like, I'm getting married at 40. I will be have just turned 40 when I'm getting when I'm getting married. And I just and I'm like, I'm getting married at 40. And I remember back when I was 20, oh, my Before student, 20. my students talk about it. Um, 40 is a long way away. So old. And I'm when they talk about that, and I'm sitting there, and they don't, you know, 
they think that I look way younger mm-hmm. than I am. They think I'm still in my 20s. I mean, they know I'm in my 30s, but I look like I'm still in my 20s. So, look, minus the gray hair I'm getting at my temples. <laughs> but, you know, they don't even, like, when, they, when they're like, ew, 40, they don't even, like, think that I'm standing right there and I'm about to turn 40. And they know I'm about to turn 40, but... I look like I'm in my 20s. I act like I'm in I'm in my 20s sometimes, except for the lower back pains I had a couple of weeks ago. Oh, my goodness. But anyway, it's just like, uh, yeah, sometimes I do think about that. Sometimes I, that I do feel too. like I should be farther along but you know, at 40. <laughs> one of the things that came up um, in the Cultivate What Matters that we were doing the goal-setting stuff And and it's a really good point is that comparison, because that's exactly what Mm -hmm. that is. You're comparing how far you are to where where everybody where everybody else is or where you think everybody else is. Totally ego thing also. Well, and and comparison isn't just the thief of happiness. Comparison is the thief of everything. Yes. You you. You can't compare yourself to others. Um, and I don't know what her points are there, but mm-hmm. that's that's one of my big ones. And I've always done that, too. Um, my husband and I had this um, discussion several years ago because uh, some of his bandmates, uh, well, all of his bandmates, are in different situations in their life. They don't have children. And he was comparing himself to them um, you know, that they get to go on trips, you know, foreign, out of the country, you know, and uh, international trips or whatever. And they have this kind of house and they have this kind of car and these kind of things. And I said, but they don't have children. They don't have children. We had children. We made that conscious choice to have children. And children cost money. So, we gave up that travel or whatever. You know, we can't compare our lives to theirs because our lives are very different than theirs. Yeah. And once you put it in that light, you're like, oh, okay. It, you know. Yeah. Well, like, mine, uh, she talks about, oh, sorry. Go on. Oh, I was going to say for mine, um, my comparison that I've been kind of struggling with the past like year or so is not really like comparing myself to other people, but comparing myself to like just where my life is at this moment and what I wish I could have accomplished before this time. Um, Like I have not conceived a child, you know, I am a mom in a Mm -hmm. sense, you know, I'm lucky to be able to be a stepmom, but um, getting to where like my body is not going to be physically capable. And so that's kind of hitting me like, um, you know, not at a point in my life that I thought I would have already been at mm-hmm. by now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of like coming to terms with that, in a sense, um, and trying not to compare um, what I think, like, I could have had or should have. Right. You know, because in a sense, like, I mean, I could have a 20-year-old kid at this point in my life. You right. Know, I could have already or you could, Or you could <clears throat> still get pregnant and have a child at some point because women do have children older and older now. Right. Or you can choose in their late forties. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, that comparison thing is, it puts undue pressure on you. I think to, to, 
perform. It's performance pressure mm-hmm. in a way. But even though you're saying you're not comparing to other people, you really are mm-hmm. in a way comparing to other people because because you see in your other head, people, yeah, with kids, yeah, yeah. So, oh well, then I mean that's ba- like Kristen nailed it. That's basically what that lie was about. Is that you know she has a to do list of things mm-hmm. that she, a bucket list, so to yeah. say, of things that she wants to do in life and she feels like that she should be farther along on her to-do list a lot of people do that you know mark and i did not buy our first home until we were much much older and you know so we're looking at things he looks at himself and says you know here i am you know i'm over 60 years old Mm -hmm. and we're still paying on this house so you know ours may not be children because we had children early on but you know, we did not buy a house. And, you know, so I think everybody does that to some extent. We um, we compare, you know, we compare ourselves in school. Well, you know, I should be doing better on this mm-hmm. class or, you know, whatever. Um, what, what answer does she give to how you remedy that or... I mean, to me, I think it's just a matter of realizing that you don't have to do it all. I yeah. mean, that's basically it. Yeah, that that's like her answer is, her answer was to like go back and reconfigure your goals and your mm-hmm. bucket list mm-hmm. and maybe set the timeline be, out farther. Be a little more reali- realistic. Yeah. yeah, be realistic about it. That's basically, yeah. Mm-hmm. And this, uh, this lie goes with another lie, and that's lie number four is I'm better than you, which is another comparison. Oh, wow. How like a... People are just like, you know, they look at other people and they're like, you know, maybe one person is a hot mess and then the other person, well, her hair is perfectly everything and she's walking to work without spilling her coffee on herself and she's like, oh, I'm better than that girl over there that I work with, Yeah, you know? And, and we do that, too, and, and we've talked about that in the Eckhart Tolle um, materials as well, um, you know, that, that that putting yourself as better than someone else or... Um, yeah. And it's just like her takeaway on that is just, you know, take a, take a step back and look at yourself. Are you really that different than the person right. that you are judging? Right. Mm-hmm. We, do you we even all have know their flaws. story, you know? Like, yeah. do you know them? Right. Why are mm-hmm. you judging them? You don't know them. Right. We all have our flaws, and that other person may be looking at you and, and going, yeah, she may look all pretty, but her husband's about to leave her, you know? Or, yeah. Or she may be all pretty, but uh, she she just had a whole bunch of hot checks. <laughs> you know, it you everybody has their problems so you can't say i'm better than you. you no one of us is any better than another and and i think that also goes back to that the thing where um you know we talk about like stay-at-home moms think they're better than the working moms mm-hmm. because they didn't abandon their children 
and the working moms think they're better than the careerless women. Yes, because they because they think you must not be very smart or you must not have much drive or what, you know, for whatever reason. And, you know, it's really none is any better than the other. It's just what works for. You know, that there is something like that in the teacher world as where as well, where, um, you know, I went to college Mm -hmm. and got my teaching certification through college and I trained through college and I took my tests through college. And that's one way to become a teacher. And then there's the alternate way where you get your bachelor's degree first and then you do an online program of some sort called alternative certification and you work as a teacher and mm-hmm. get the, the experience that way and do your online alternative certification and then take your test. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes, well, I guess that's also like a regular college versus online college. Sometimes teachers that went the way I did look down on teachers that did alternative certification because right. they don't have the training that they went to. I remember when online college first um, became, like, advertised on TV and stuff, and I was like, that's not a real college. You have to actually, like, go to class and sit in the classroom. But now it's Mm -hmm. all online. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. you can go to a four-year. Like, I could go to back to Those people are just paying for their degree. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We're all pay the price. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's so easy to get your master's degree online. Like back when I first graduated from college and I wanted to get my master's degree and my mom wanted me to go immediately to work and help pay my student loans back was, you know, or make money, you know, Mm -hmm. she wanted me to immediately go to work and I wanted to get my master's degree and now it's I'm finding it a hard time to go back and get my master's degree because it's so easy to get it now but I'm having a hard time getting the motivation to do it Mm -hmm. because I mean I knew that when I graduated I should have immediately done it Mm -hmm. because I knew that now 12 years later I would not have the you motivation have to talk yourself into it yeah. yeah and I and I've been talking myself into it for like about four years now <laughs> you know yeah. and Ashley who just graduated is very lucky that she can just go immediately into it and it's a lot easier to get your master's and get into mm-hmm. the master's program now like 12 years ago I had to do all of these things to get into the master's program and take all of these tests, and now all you have to do really is apply and pay for it. Well, it depends on that. Depends. Well, yeah, on the it program. depends on the program. Yeah, yeah. but for just yeah. for a master's in education, like yeah. I don't have to take any tests to mm-hmm. do that or write a paper or anything like that. Mm. Makes me mad. Just kidding. It doesn't. Maybe eventually I'll get my master's, <laughs> which uh, is another lie that I want to segue into the I'll start tomorrow oh that's and that's a big one for me especially like whenever I used to weigh like uh 200 pounds ago you know 200 pounds heavier my um big thing that I did 
was I'll start my diet tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I'll start eating healthy tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I'll do this tomorrow. I'll, exercise I'll start tomorrow. exercising yeah. tomorrow. Yeah. And her point in the book is you keep every time you put yourself off, you are lying to yourself. Yeah. You put yourself off and you are disappointing yourself and eventually no one is going to be able to take you seriously. I mean, and you know, I guess if they're aware or whatever, but how can people take you seriously when you don't even take yourself seriously? Right. Well, and you know, that one kind of goes with another one. uh, And I don't know if she has it on there, but um, it's kind of the same thing. It's, I, I will, I will do this when, after I've done that mm-hmm. or when like, I'll be happy when, when all my this happens. Are in a row. Yeah, yeah. When this happens or I can do this when that, that happens or that whatever. does go together with another lie. It's something else will make you happy. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like doing something else will mm-hmm. make mm-hmm. you happy. It's always, so this that's or that. always yeah. on the horizon. That yeah. next something thing else. that you're yeah. chasing mm-hmm. after. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she, she makes an analogy about moving, you know, a lot of people, if they're unhappy in their place, that they'll just move. Oh, yeah. And you can't move away from happiness because it's with, yes. or away yes. from unhappiness because it's inside you and you have to... It, she it's says just a distraction it's yeah. The yeah. yeah my uh, she, my mother used to have a saying that she oh oh go I ahead. was just gonna say she says it's impossible to go somewhere new if you can't acknowledge where you are oh yeah my mother used to have this thing about uh, she had the saying about women who rearrange their furniture a lot and she said that was a sign of insecurity. Um, that they would rearrange mm-hmm. the furniture. You're second because, guessing yourself. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but that what you're talking about too, also um, that applies to people not just moving but changing jobs. Mm-hmm. I'm not happy change, in this job, so I'm going their to look. I'm going to change this job. Um, this job isn't. I'm not happy in this job, so I'm going to go get a different job because I'll be happy when I get that job. Um, but That's you won't. A different job. You won't. <laughs> you're the same person. You will, you're, you will find something else to be unhappy about. Um, because happiness is not about your situation. It's not about what you're doing. What it's, it gives to you. It's not yeah. about what it gives to you. It's about what value you can find in it. Because your happiness comes from within. And that mm-hmm. was some, that was one of the things that took me a long time to learn. And I think I... It starts I've, with being content. It does. It does. Be, yeah. It actually starts with gratitude, mm-hmm. being grateful for what you have. And I think I wrote a blog about this. Mm-hmm. And, and if I did, I will link it on Heard It on the podcast. But, so we're um, in a society that's like, I want more. I want more. I yeah. want more. I want more. And we're conti- we're conditioned as we grow up. I want more, 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 more. Mm-hmm. And then nothing is ever good enough. And right. then you're never happy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, gratitude. You have to be happy for right. what you have. I mean, it's essential to your life. And, you know, if you're not happy, then there's something that you need to change internally. In you. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. And, of course, like for a lot of these 
uh, her suggestions are simple goal setting, right. which is what we talk about all the time. Right. Goal setting, having a to-do list, going to therapy, talking to somebody. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. And, okay, so, and that kind of segues into this other lie, the I'm not good enough lie mm. to do this certain thing, whatever. That's um, the I am enough is something that comes up uh, repeatedly in the Allie Edwards, one little word stuff, um, because a lot of us have um, these lies that we tell ourselves. I'm either I'm too much. I'm, I'm too over the top. I'm too, 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 or I'm not enough. I'm not, I'm not good enough. I'm not brave enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not pretty enough. Um, you know, we, we all tell ourselves I'm not skinny enough. Yeah. I'm not, um, blonde enough. I'm not rich enough. We, we do those a lot. Um, and I think that is a. It goes back to the comparison thing. Mm -hmm. You're mm -hmm. not rich enough because they are richer. You're not pretty enough because you think they are prettier. But you can't do that comparison thing. Everybody is um, their own person. And yeah, you know, you, you are enough. Yeah, and... That's uh, that's definitely like um, another key to happiness is realizing that you, as yourself, right now, you are enough. Mm -hmm. And that goes into another lie I want to talk about is um, she calls it the I need to make myself smaller lie. Not like as in weight, but as in like um, to make yourself easily digestible for other people, to meet other people's expectations. And often we call that about shining, you know, shining your light. Don't dim to fit in. If, if you feel uncomfortable, if other people make you feel uncomfortable being who you naturally are, mm -hmm. and that makes you want to be smaller... And hide who you are to be a smaller person, then that person is not for you. Yeah. Um, be who you are. Shine your light bright. And Don't make yourself smaller. And that that's definitely something that I did for years. Oh, me too. Is make myself smaller, you know, not talk as loud. And even then, like... um. I'm just a naturally loud person, and the more excited I get, the louder I get. Mm -hmm. And one of my coworkers said to me the other day, you're so loud. And I was just like, and, and I took a step back for a second, and I tried to shrink internally. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, oh, wow, you know, they are saying this to me does everybody think that I'm mm -hmm. loud does everybody think that I'm annoying does everybody you know maybe I should just not talk in a meeting or talk at all maybe I should just shrink back into the corner and not be noticed yeah and I spent 
the majority of my life trying to make myself physically smaller and just not be noticed. Mm-hmm. I didn't talk out loud in class, even though I always knew the answer. I didn't brag. I didn't, you know, I didn't, uh, like if I walked by somebody, I tried to shrink myself down to where like they wouldn't have to move out of my way. Mm-hmm. And I spent the majority of my life doing this. The only self-expression that I had that people noticed me was that, you know, I had funky hair in high school and I wore funky clothes. And that was like my self-expression flashing out. But I always otherwise kept my head down, Mm -hmm. didn't say anything so people wouldn't notice me. Mm -hmm. And you can't make fun of something that you don't notice right yeah I can totally relate to that I think that happened to me when I hit puberty because I remember being in sixth grade and I think like the teacher called on me and I said something and like I said the wrong thing or I stumbled on my words and then I was just like nope not gonna talk in school ever again because like someone laughed at me or something mm-hmm. and then I remember just not talking in sixth grade my two best friends had moved on to other schools and it was just me and ev- against everybody else and um I was like I didn't want people to notice me because my body was changing and I was the only like big girl and I was the only girl that had boobs and the only girl that probably probably thought I was the only girl that had a period because none of the other girls did because I was weird you know and um I didn't like my clothes and I didn't like the way I looked and I like like you're saying like um walking past people you know I would like suck my stomach in so that I could walk behind their chair you know if my pencil broke during class, I wouldn't get up and go across the room to sharpen my pencil because I didn't want people to look at me. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to have to squeeze in between everybody's chairs. Or, um, you know, I just pretended stupid so that I wouldn't have to speak up in class because I didn't want people to hear my voice. Like, yeah. I don't know what was wrong with me. But, like, I remember in sixth grade, that was me in sixth grade. And then it took me a really long time to get out of that, like, to just grow. And, like, the older I got, the more bubbly I became. But... Um, and you know, I was able to like make new friends when we moved. And I think probably had I not moved, I probably would have like stuck in that, Mm -hmm. whatever that shell was that I crawled into. And I don't think I would have been able to get out of it. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, well, I mean, I had some pretty good friends in high school also that like I could be myself with. And that was really great. I think like what really helped me was, you know, going off to college and getting out of Vernon and, like, all of the lies and everything and going off to college and meeting a bunch, because I was the only big girl as well, and meeting a bunch of girls in my dorm room that looked just like me. I mean, not just like me, but y'all were all, like, a. it was a bunch of us, and we were so excited awesome Mm -hmm. like we were awesome you know like a a bunch uh you know a few there's like five of us big girls and then a skinny girl she and so she was for once the oddball out Mm -hmm. and you know we used to joke around oh 
oh, Jamie's so skinny, you know, mm-hmm. and there would be like a five of us big girls and we all sit out on the porch and watch everybody and and we'd all sit at lunch and we'd all be together and we'd all be having a good time where and then people wanted to sit with us at lunch Mm -hmm. and we had towards the end of the school year we had such a big table because everybody wanted to sit with us because we were having because such a good time you were letting your light shine yeah we're being ourselves you're yeah. being yourself yeah, yeah like uh and we felt like we could be ourselves because yeah. no one was judging us right because we all had similar stories and similar backgrounds but you don't that I think that's the big point though is we think we have to have similar backgrounds but I yeah. don't, the the truth of that is that you don't have to have similar backgrounds. We No, all, you really don't. We all have different stories to tell. We all have different backgrounds. We all have um different things that make us cringe or want to hide and that make us want to um you know just not be ourselves in front of other people um you know and i think just being yourself when you can learn to just be yourself and let your light shine the people who are like you will be drawn to you mm-hmm. and but they can't see you if you don't shine your light mm-hmm. and um, you know, when you finally got to college and you let your light shine, they they flocked to you. Yeah. They were drawn to you. And you know, I've I've spent much of my life hiding my weirdness. You know, I mm-hmm. I'm first to admit I'm a weirdo. I'm a nerd. Um, I like nerdy things. I like to read. I like science fiction movies. Um, I'm a nerd, a nerd, nerd. And when I quit trying to hide my weirdness and my nerdiness, people started being my friend. And they're just as weird and nerdy as me. And in sometimes in the same way, sometimes in different ways. But I think with my group of friends that I have now, I can totally be myself. Mm-hmm. And I never could do that before. And it doesn't matter how weird or nerdy or whatever I am. They accept me for who I am because I just shine my light. I am who I am. And they are who they are. And I accept them for who Mm -hmm. they are. So, yeah. And one thing I do love about Jason is that like a... When we met, I was so insecure about everything because my ex-husband made me that way and, you know, I couldn't be myself mm-hmm. and everything like that. And Jason said to me, one like one of the things that I remember the most when we first started dating and I was being insecure about something, he said he stopped me and he said, you're perfect. I think you're perfect. And that was like really kind of tearing up thinking about that. But that was really just like kind of like a, you know, it was just like 
so life-changing because nobody, not even my own parents, Mm -hmm. ever told me that I was perfect. Like, it's always been like, you would be perfect or you would be better if you lost weight. Yes. You would be better if you put something on that pimple. You would be better if you got better grades, if you were smarter, if you had a higher IQ, whatever. It's always been like, uh, you're pretty, but you would be prettier if, mm-hmm. or you're, you're smart, but you would be smarter if. And so it was just like, Jason was like the first person, you know, I'm not, other than my friends, of course, but Jason was like the first person I'd ever, you know, like had a relationship with that was just like, I accept everything about you. Every stretch mark, every fat roll, every gray hair, every um, stupid joke, every quirk. um, Every piece of baggage. Yeah, Yeah. every piece of baggage. He said, you know... I accept you and I love you and I want to marry you and I think that you're my soulmate and I'm falling in love with you and I've never had to be anything else right with him right like uh, and now I'm, like, I'm really tearing up over here but you know I've you know never had to be anything else and that is yeah what makes us perfect because I see him as perfect now you got Kristen crying too like like (laughs) I see him and all his flaws and he sees me and all my flaws and you know we both have things that we need to work on and we're working on them together and I think that it's a beautiful thing to people coming from like trauma and working our way out of it together and finding each other the way that we did and we're both weird and we're both quirky and we're both unapologetically like we're just gonna do this thing called life together and be and not even care what other people think Mm -hmm. and I finally met somebody that will go on that journey with me and not care what other people think. Yeah. And I'll get off my soapbox now and dry, <laughs> and dry No, I my think that eyes. was very eloquently said because um I think that's where we all need to get to where we're just you know unapologetically ourselves. And because the people who get you will just get you. Mm-hmm. And if the they people don't, they're not worth if people, yeah, if they don't about. get you, they're not for you. Yeah. They're not. Yeah. Friendships, family members, if they don't get you, they're not for you. Right. And it took me until I was like 37, 36, 37 years old. It took me until I was in my 50s. Yeah. That, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, not all family members are right for you just because you share the same blood, share the same DNA doesn't mean that. It, you have to you, conform to them. That you have right. to conform to them. Like, 
they're going to be narcissistic, they're going to be selfish, and they're going to try to conform you, but Mm -hmm. you do not have to conform to them. No, just be who you are. Right. Family is not defined by blood, and, you know, I am so lucky that Jason's family accepts me the way that I am how you know I was really worried about that like first meeting them I told Jason I'm like I'm not good with parents parents never like me you know what I mean like uh they're gonna think I'm weird they're gonna and Jason said I'm weird and they accept me so why wouldn't they accept you Mm -hmm. and they do that's a very beautiful thing it is you're very fortunate that you've found that. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I I don't think I got to that till I was in my 50s. So, you know, really. Were there any um, lies in her book that were ones that didn't resonate with you or anything that was like? Um. Yes, um, there are a few of about motherhood that did not resonate because I'm not a mother with me at all. Like uh, number eight, I don't know how to be a mom. I don't think, uh, you know, I'm <laughs> that one actually is one of those things. Uh, it, it's it's a lie and it's a truth. Uh, the truth is that no one knows how to be a mom. It's it's a work in progress. Um just like we don't know how to be an adult or we don't know how to be a child. It just happens. Yeah. It's, it's not a conscious thing. And, and you know, women who say, I don't know how to be a mom. It, it's, it's a work in progress. You learn it as you go Mm -hmm. and yeah, you're going to make mistakes. Um, you know, uh, we all make mistakes and sometimes they're whoppers. But I think it's a self-leveling cup. You know, it's like, it, <laughs> you know, the it's like a cup and you pour the water in and it looks like it's going to tip out. But really, it's <laughs> self-leveling because it just balances out in the end. The, nothing that you are going to do is going to be solely responsible for the outcome of your children. Get that in your head. Nothing that you can do is going to be solely responsible for the outcome of your children. That is true because they are their own person. They are and their they own person. Yeah. Their own. You you can have an effect on them mm-hmm. to some extent, but but you are not solely responsible for the outcome of your children. And no one thing that you can do is is going to affect them so profoundly that it will change who they are. Um, there's, it, it, it all ha- comes down to intent as well. And, and I had this little quote, we were talking about it um, earlier when, uh, before we started recording tonight, Amber and uh, Kristen were talking about being a good teacher. And it made me think of this quote And then when we started talking about this podcast, I was like, I got to go find this quote again. Um, I used it in my one little word um, 
from last year and um I I put it on it it popped up as a, a little meme on Mother's Day and it says there's no way to be a perfect mother and a million ways to be a good one. So, you know, no one is ever going to be the perfect mother, but there's a million little things that you can do that make you a good mother and you don't have to necessarily know them. A lot of it is instinctual or you learn it as you go. Just being a good person goes a long way towards being a good mother. When you think about the consequences of the things that you do, when you're planning ahead, the things you do, if you treat people with love and compassion, there's 90% of it right there. So, um, I, 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 disagree but I also agree with that one <laughs> well that kind of goes with the next lie she talks about is the I'm not a good mom oh okay so that's a different one yeah so that's like two different two different ones she, okay she talks actually about, yeah. caring whether or not you're good or not is is a sign thing. that you probably are a good mom um mm -hmm. you know but I think we all self-doubt ourselves um but yeah, like you said, if, if, if you're wondering if you're a good mom, then you probably care enough about your kids to, to at least be compassionate towards your kids. You know, uh, it, 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 those two are kind of almost the same thing to me. I don't know how to be a mom. Uh, I don't yeah. think I'm a good I, mom. I feel like. The first one, I don't know how to be a mom, is like... That's new parents. Yeah. I, I think I'm it is. Like hearing self-questioning like a 20-year-old like yeah. say that when they just found out they're pregnant. I don't know how to be a mom. And, yeah. But, and because again, like I said, nobody... to how to take care of themselves. But nobody, even, even experienced um, older parents still, you know, there's nothing that can prepare you for parenthood. You can read all the books, you can take all the trainings, you can observe all the other parents, but everyone's um, parenting experience is completely different. Every child is completely different. So you can't know ahead of time how to be a good mom. You can only... Or how to parent your child, because right. you don't even know what your child's personality what the, is What like. they need. You don't know what that child needs until that child... Is already really it's already like, there. And mm -hmm. so it, like I say, it's a learn as you go kind of thing. You learn and you adapt as you go. Now, here's the, the part of that. I'm not a good mom. Well, nobody can be that perfect mother, but you can be a good mother in a lot of ways. And it, and it kind of goes back to that 70% mm -hmm. rule that we talked about where, um, you're you're never going to have the perfect pot if you you can just fuss over it and fuss over it and fuss over it and you're not gonna it's not gonna ever be perfect you're always gonna find a flaw but if you're doing your best if you're putting 70 percent of the effort into it you're going to get better at it and better at it and better at it and that i think that goes for parenting as well if you are putting in the effort if you are adapting to the situations and allowing yourself to learn what your child needs or whatever and you're flexible enough to go with the flow 
-hmm. then you're going to be a good parent. Um, because it's not about doing it this way or doing it that way or being, you know, having these rigid, um, ideals about what a good parent is or isn't because again, every child needs something different and your child may want or need this thing on this day, but your child may need something else tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Um, your child may need a disciplinarian today to set the boundaries so that they know where their boundaries are. And tomorrow he may need some leniency to help him test those boundaries, Mm -hmm. you know? So it, it really is, you're learning to parent just as they are learning to grow in all ways. And you will never be a perfect parent, but that doesn't mean you can't be a really, really good one. And Yeah, the same goes with teaching because, I mean, I only see them a few hours out of the day, mm-hmm. but I do see growth and can measure the room to see what my kids need mm-hmm. that particular day. Maybe they need leniency and a relaxing assignment versus a strict, hardcore, we must do this, we must cover this right. assignment. Right. And you, you do. You just learn those things. And um, you learn to read your kids and to know what they need. And, and you know, are you going to get it right all the time? No. I, I can't even read myself sometimes and know what I need, but I can do my best and you're going to make mistakes. You're going to say something that hurts your child's feelings. Um, you're going to make a bad choice, but that's gonna promise just, something you're going to promise something you can't it. follow through on. Yeah. And, you know, we all do that, but we get over it. We're all going to be okay. The The cup will level. The water will always be level in the cup. Yeah. Most definitely. Were there any other ones that did not resonate with you? Um, well, I mean, there are a couple of silly ones on here. Um, this one, um, the lie, other people's kids are so much cleaner, better organized, or more polite than mine. <laughs> I think I tell myself the opposite of that. I always look at my kids and go, my kids are so much smarter than those kids. My kids are so much better than those kids. It goes back to the comparison <laughs> It is. Thing. They're yeah, both like, comparisons. It like, is. these kids are better than my kids. I must make my kids better. Well, and this is the, you know, in comparing your kids to other kids... You are stealing your admiration for your children from your children. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You are. You are stealing from your children. You're withholding your appreciation for who they are. Um, because you are admiring these other children. <laughs> you're coveting yeah. them. You're well, coveting those other children and you are stealing the love that you owe to your children. And yet that's By doing that, something yeah. that like I was like the victim of is that my mom had a best friend named Rhonda and she had a daughter. Rhonda had a daughter, uh, my friend Chaslin, and um, my mom was always comparing us. Mm-hmm. We were the complete opposite 
in pretty much every way. Chaslin was more outgoing. She was a cheerleader. She was skinny. She was super popular. She, um, you know, had all the boyfriends. She was like the coveted thing. She was Mrs. High School, you know. Mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, I was bigger. I was in band. I had pimples, you know. I uh, didn't dress in cute outfits. I preferred the baggy body mm -hmm. hiding outfits of the 90s. You know, I, uh, you know, didn't uh, do my nails or my makeup or my hair or girly things. And, um, you know, I didn't have a lot of boyfriends. I was, you know. So it was just like a... You know, sh my mom was always comparing us because it was because my mom, I guess, was like the Chaslin in high school. She was a mm -hmm. cheerleader, stuff like that. And um, whereas the opposite, like uh, Chaslin's mom, Rhonda, was more like the nerd mm. and stuff like that. So and then, yeah, Chaslin was athletic also, which is both of my parents were athletic. So it kind of killed them that I wasn't athletic. And so, yeah, it was a constant comparison. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But really, when you, when you do that, you are really robbing your children right. and of, I think, of the appreciation for who they really yeah. are. And I think sometimes it just resonates longer, too. It only takes one or two comparisons, but then it You becomes, remember them when you're 39 years old. <laughs> yes, and it's constant. Like, I've had family members like, oh, you should do this like your cousin so-and-so. And it only happened in passing conversation once or twice, but I right. still remember right. that as being compared like right. I wasn't good enough yeah. unless you were like that person mm -hmm. right yeah mm -hmm. and it yeah. wasn't done in well and, and, and it was just meant to inspire me I was younger right and, and sometimes it, it's done you know to your own siblings why can't you be more like your sister why can't you be yeah. more like your brother do you see your sister sitting over there being you know, being good she's sitting and she's not donkeying around right yes. yeah like, yeah mm. yeah mm -hmm. i could hear someone saying that yeah. to their kids yeah. and not meaning it but right in not, a not trying way. to yeah but not you're doing just it trying in a mean to way. use my mom them. wasn't Here's a really doing good it in example. a mean way mm -hmm. yeah yeah comparison yeah uh, what was your example of like you know, a parent might just use the other kid as an example. Oh, okay, I get yeah, it. Yeah, because it's easy as a visual aid. You yeah, know, to look, point at, look at your sister. She's just sitting there so nice and so well behaved. Why can't you be like her? Yeah, yeah. Your sister makes good Children grades. Why can't you make good grades? To the extreme, and yes. they fill in the blanks yes. where needed. I'm not good, and that's where the I'm not good enough comes from. Because somebody mentions in passing that you're not like this. So then you get the, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough because I'm not as smart as my sister. I'm not pretty enough because I'm not as pretty as my sister. I'm, you know, whatever. And, and we, kids take those things to heart. Mm -hmm. And, and then we wind up being 50 something years old and still telling ourselves, I'm not as good as 
fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And we tell ourselves a lot of lies. So, mm-hmm. a lot of lies. A lot more than what she's listed there. I don't there. even yeah. think people realize that they're telling themselves no, they those don't. lies. Sometimes uh, I think... you don't even see it in work. Like, and I had this discussion with um, my therapist when we were talking about that. She wanted me to, like, write down those things that I tell myself. And I was like, I don't actually, like, have a voice. Right. I don't even, like... Maybe you don't I acknowledge see it. See yeah. it in images or right. something. You know, just it's just like a feeling, but it's not like there's a word associated with it. Like right. when I look at myself in a mirror, I'm not like fat. You know, I don't point at myself and go, "You are fat." You know, I just feel it. It has an emotion attached to it. Mm-hmm. So I'm not telling myself anything. I'm just feeling it. Right. Yeah. But but I think that you you're more aware of it now because you've talked to your therapist about it yeah i'm more aware of it, it i think a long sometimes time to figure out that's what it was right but but um doing the one little word with ali edwards mm-hmm. because that's often um one of the or that has been one of the prompts that we've done was what are the stories not necessarily what are the lies but what are the stories mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. you tell yourself because we tell ourselves these stories or lies all the time. And, um, and so learning to acknowledge those stories, those lies allows us to rewrite that script and to change them into something more positive. So in saying, instead of saying, I'm not enough, we can restate that I am enough. Stop. You know, we tell ourselves often things that we would not say to a friend Mm-hmm. And if it's something that you would not say to your friend, then why in the world would you let yourself say it to yourself? Mm-hmm. You so, wouldn't let your friend tell you those things either, probably. But but we tell ourselves things. You're fat. I've You may not have looked in the mirror, but I've looked in the mirror and said, you're fat. You mm-hmm. are disgusting. You're too fat. I've said those things to myself in the mirror. And... I would never say that to a friend. I would never, ever, ever say that to anyone. Mm -hmm. But I say that to myself. You're fat. You're ugly. You need to lose weight. You need to get over it. You need to do this. You need to do that. You're not good enough. We don't say those things to other people. So we shouldn't be saying them to ourselves either. Right. Yeah. Change those things. Look in the mirror and say, I am beautiful just the way I am. Mm -hmm. I am enough. I am fabulous. People love me for who I am. I'm going to shine my light so everyone can see the real me. Because my tribe will find me. Very well said. So why does the title of the book say, Girl, Wash Your Face? Yeah, I'm curious about that, too. I was going to ask that. Have you found the the link to that? I know you're still in the middle of the book. You're not done reading it yet. So I wondered if that was oh, revealed I wonder if she's washing, or... the, washing away the tears that she's crying yeah. from looking in the mirror, maybe. Or I mean, that was just kind of what I surmised, maybe. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. That's that's exactly why she said that. Um, 
like uh, the very back of the, the very last of the book, she says, girl, get a hold of your life. Stop medicating. Stop hiding out. Stop being afraid. Stop giving away pieces of yourself. Stop saying you can't do it. Stop the negative self-talk. Stop abusing your body. Stop putting it off for tomorrow or Monday or next year. Stop crying about what happened and take control of what happens next. Get up right now. Rise up from where you've been. Scrub away the tears and the pain of yesterday and start again. Girl, wash your face. I love that. I love that. That is yeah. awesome. Yeah, she doesn't even mention that until the very last paragraph of the book. Okay. Kind of like a uh, last manifesto. And her last lie that uh, she talks about in the book is, I need a hero. Like, I need... Oh, yeah. A lot of people tell themselves that they just need somebody to pull them out of their rut that women, they are in. Women mm -hmm. think they or need a man. Pull them pull them up out of the ditch mm -hmm. that they or have fallen in. Someone to come in. by with an opportunity. Yeah. yeah. You can pull yourself up out of a ditch. Mhm. Mm yeah, can. you can get your footing again. I've done it. If your car is stuck times. in the ditch and you can't get it out, you can just get out of your car and walk. Yeah. You're yeah. Not stuck there you in go. the ditch. Yeah. You're not stuck in the ditch. <laughs> don't call no. tri don't call AAA, just get out and walk. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> don't the, okay, in, yeah. in well, that well, no. You can call because that's taking an action, but you can't just sit in your car and wait <laughs> and for the tow truck yeah, to arrive. Just don't just come. sit and wait for AAA to come. Right. You have to actually get up. call them. You have to ask for help. You have to get up and push the car out of the ditch or get out of the ditch and walk to the payphone. Oh, those don't even exist anymore, do they? Mm -hmm. um, um, walk but, you know, to the nearest wherever to make a phone call think, if yeah. your cell phone's dead. Um, you know... You can be your own hero. There, you don't. You don't have to have a hero, and girls do not need a man in your life. Just because you broke up with one guy does not mean it's time to rush on to the next one. You do not need a man in your life to make you complete. A yeah. man is not going to make you complete. A man is not going to make you happy. No, no. You can only make yourself happy. Happiness comes from within, from being grateful for where you are, what you have, and what is in the present moment. Mm -hmm. uh, being aware. Being aware. Being being self-aware. And if you're just rushing from one relationship to the next, you are not allowing yourself to be happy. If you are rushing from one job to the next... You are not allowing yourself Rushing to find yourself from one home to the next. Yeah, picking mm -hmm. up and moving, and one hobby to the next. Yeah, a lot like, of us are bad about that. We pick up a craft and we start on it, and then then we're, we're on to the, to next, the next thing. Next, yeah, the yeah. next shiny object or whatever. Yeah, um, that doesn't make you happy either. So you you have to find your happiness from within. You have to find it in the peace of being who you are. And accepting who you are and where you are and and accepting yourself for, you know, warts and all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And if, you know, you're not accepting of yourself, then maybe you do need to make a change. Maybe 
especially from within, like uh, expand your viewpoint on things that are out of your control. Like uh, maybe not you're everybody, expecting too much. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Maybe mm-hmm. you have too high of expectations about things like, um, you know, um, if uh, you want to be like look like a Barbie or whatever. Um, That's not not everybody has that body type. No. Some of us are short. Um, yeah. I got short, stumpy little legs. <laughs> I'm never going to look like Barbie because my legs are not long and slender like that. And they never will be. Even when I weighed 112 pounds, I had short legs. You know, I'm not going to look like that. Um, we we talked about the little pooch, you know. Yeah. I, <laughs> I you know, that's normal. It's real. Yeah, and no amount of plastic surgery. No. It, it's not going to change who you are on the inside. No. And, and no man is going to make you happy. No man is going to change who you are on the inside either. And no man is perfect. So if you keep changing men because of this flaw or that flaw, girl, you're flawed too. Get, you know, we're all flawed. We're all human. We all make mistakes. None of us are perfect. We have to learn to accept who we are, accept ourselves for Embrace who we are. Embrace it. Embrace it. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Yeah. Anything else we want to talk about? What's happening next week? No, but I actually, I do want to read that book now. I know. Me yeah. too. Me I, too. Me I too. I didn't know exactly what it was about. I know there was a big buzz about it in the past couple of years. I've seen a lot of people talking about it mm-hmm. on Facebook and um a lot of people who don't normally comment about books that they're reading. So I felt like it was more mainstream. So I wasn't sure if it would be of interest. But after, you know, just kind of like you breaking down what it is about, I'm, I'm a lot more interested in reading it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. It's a, uh, it, and she has some really great topics and some really great prose. I've been uh, reading the book with my pen and, underlining anything or highlighting anything that I feel is relevant Mm -hmm. to my life. Mm -hmm. And this woman, I definitely can identify because she came from a very similar type town with a similar type background and a similar type family. And she describes things that happened to her as a kid and things that she saw in, in her house and her family. And I, uh, can totally relate. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that she's going to be relatable to everybody, but, um, well, I think know. some of, some of her points, some of those lies are pretty universal. So, well, right. yeah, definitely even not even like just a, for a female. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, because men compare themselves as well. They compare themselves to their fathers, their brothers. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's not, not every lie is going to resonate with everybody, but there are some pretty, there, there are some pretty big whoppers in there. Mm -hmm. And she tells in, you know, when she talks about it, she gives an example from her real life. Mm -hmm. Like, this is how 
she's still overcoming it or this is how she overcame it and this is the point in her life where she realized that this is a problem that she needed to fix. Mm-hmm. Cool. What yeah. do we talk about next week? I think you're the it's hostess. <laughs> yes, I know. I was like, I can't wait to tell you guys. So we're actually taking a departure from women's health. And uh, we've had a lot of women's We've health. had a lot of heavy, heavy subjects. Yeah. Yes. So um, next week we are talking about grimoires what is a grimoire so i'm really excited to discuss that we're getting back in uh swing with some of our metaphysical uh conversations and those are my favorite yeah that (laughs) in pop culture of course (laughs) (laughs) so i'm excited to talk about something a little witchy with you guys (laughs) all right all right well i'm excited to talk about that as well i even you know I showed it off to you guys, bought my first uh, little thing that I'm going to make into a grimoire. So, like, uh, I'm excited to show pictures of that as well online. Awesome. Well, you might be blogging about that. Now, keep in mind, if you're listening to the – oh, wait. That's you, not me. (laughs) Well, I was just – wait a minute. (laughs) She's jumping ahead. Yeah. So, yeah – Definitely, I'd uh, love to blog about it, and if you're not aware, we do have a blog that goes with this podcast, and you can find it on modernmusings.net, and then we also have a Facebook group that you guys should check out. It's called MMC Chat. You can find that through our Modern Musings Facebook page. And, and they're have, all linked on the modernmusings.net. <laughs> yeah, they're all linked on modernmusings.net as well as our podcast. But, of course, you're already listening to the podcast. So you, <laughs> <laughs> you obviously already found that, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but that's only half the conversation. So you need to check out our Facebook group and check out our blogs. And let's continue the conversation on there because we want to hear from our readers. We want to hear yeah. from you. And if you could, you know, give us a subscribe, give us, uh, give us a rating, um, give us just some likes. Yeah, some <laughs> likes. Likes, yeah. thumbs up, Share. shares. <laughs> yeah, shares, share with your friends. Uh, you know, and if you have a topic that you want us to talk about, let us know and we'll talk about it. Yeah. Okay, so... Wrapping up, we'd like to give special thanks to our friends at Red Door Studios and Creative Audio Tech for our music and recording equipment. And we would also like to thank our listeners because without you, this wouldn't be possible. And definitely without you, it would be pretty boring. Well, yeah, we'd just be talking to ourselves. Yeah. Which we do anyway. But. I know, all the time, right? <laughs> Even in the shower. Yeah. <laughs> You're wow. talking of literally talking about talking with yourself. Yes, yes. I, I do it quite often. Actually, Mom and I were sitting here earlier today, and we were both working on something independently, and we were both talking to ourselves. <laughs> I was like, well, we're sad. My, fr- my friend says often, she says, it's okay if you talk to yourself as long as you don't answer. And I said, well, no, no, no. You can answer 
You just as have you don't to argue. As, yeah. No, as long as you no, realize I, that you are the one that's answering. Oh. <laughs> no, like I answer and sometimes I argue with myself. Like, oh. it, you know, I truly am like five people in one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, on that note, we will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.